0: Hello loves and welcome to the Introverts Toolbox, the podcast for introverts who feel like the world's kind of fucked up, where the biggest and craziest people get all the success. And we're left wondering like, oh my God, what the hell do we do? My name's Karen Hewitt and I am your host and we're gonna go over systems, methods, and skills you can use as an introvert to be authentically you and be successful. So, subscribe and share this on your social media and don't forget to give us five stars and let's get started. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited because I have Joanna on with me right now. And Joanna, she's always known that she's different from her peers, friends, family. Over three decades, working as a trainer and consultant with thousands of international clients, Joanna saw just how problematic this bias is within organizations. Negative employee. Engagement, retention, and productivity, as well as the well being of employees. So it began a mission. Through her business, Flourishing Introverts, she champions the cause of introverts and promotes positive action to address the extroversion bias. She took to the TEDx stage in 2019, and I will drop that link in the show notes and launched the Flourishing Introvert Talks podcast in February 2020. Now, through her one on one and coaching programs, Joanna enables individuals to recognize their natural strengths so they can fulfill their potential without pretending to be something they're not. Now, once introverts own and play to their strengths, anything is possible. And you've heard me talk about this, your superpower, your hidden gifts. Programs include Introvert Emerging and Introvert Rising, whilst her community, the Sassy Introvert Society, launches in spring of 2022. With her clear purpose and unshakable passion, She works with companies and organizations to help them recognize and encourage the contributions introverts can make to their business. This is diversity, equity, and inclusion in action. Oh my gosh, Joanne, I am so happy you can be on the podcast with me today.
1: How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. And as you were reading that, I was tempted to look over my shoulder and say, who's she talking about? And then I remember, it's me.
0: So I'm an introvert too, Joanne. And I find that too, when people are saying, talk about you, you can like, no, that's not me. That's not me. Oh my gosh. She's putting a spotlight. Why me? And you have that moment of feeling uncomfortable because something,
1: everyone's looking at you. How did that work with you at the TEDx? Well, you know what? It's really interesting because through my career, I've emceed events of over a thousand people when Certain parts of the event, all eyes are on me. I've delivered at conferences of you know hundreds of people at a time, never battered an eyelid. I get nervous. Yeah, my knees shake a bit, but that's fine. But I, I can't tell you how nervous I was delivering that TEDx because it was so intensely personal. I was sharing my story as opposed to talking about stuff that's out there in the public domain, And if you could have seen me just a few minutes beforehand, I was shaking from head to toe and I was literally shaking out the energy and the nerves. And there's one moment, if you listen really carefully, you can hear my voice almost break. And that for me was really, you know, really epitomized what it's like to be an introvert on stage with eyes on you. You can do it provided we're pre-charged and we get time to recharge we can do anything we put our minds to and there's nothing wrong with showing a bit of vulnerability so that's what that taught me in that moment that rather than trying to be all slick and polished you know and like I was an actor what I really wanted to be on that stage was demonstrating what it's like for an introvert to be in the spotlight slightly awkward looking down more than some other people did but do you know what? That was perfect in a way. I think you nailed it. Honestly, I didn't catch
0: any voice breaking. I wasn't listening to anything to go awry. I was listening to what you were saying. And we were talking just before this and we're so on the same page on a lot of things. And I found it really interesting that you talked about the six different types of introverts. Because everyone. everyone always bundles them in with one. And I actually really like that because one of my things is, I don't believe in ambiverts. Me neither. <laughs> and it's like, I'm like controversial for that because I think you're either extroverted or introverted but there's different degrees of both.
1: Absolutely, and I do think there are a real minority of people who might be ambiverts but people misunderstand what that means. They think they're a bit introvert and a bit extrovert, no. It actually means if you're a true ambivert, you are equally recharged by being quiet and in what my husband and I refer to as companionable silence, and in being in the busy, loud, noisy, hustle bustle environments. If you are equally recharged by those, and when you feel your batteries drain, you can honestly choose, I can either go quiet or I can go into the madness and the busyness. you're an ambivert most of us you're absolutely right are either pure introvert pure extrovert or extroverted introverts or introverted extroverts and that's what the six types show is what type of introvert you might be either the classic or one of the extroverted types which means that we can access some of the behaviors that we might normally associate with extroversion but we can access those without draining our batteries. And and so people look on and say, you're not an introvert. Oh, yes, I am. Because when my battery goes, I'm gone. You don't see me for dust. I'm away, you know, hightailing it out to somewhere quiet.
0: Oh my God, you are so accurate on that. And I think that also leans to this other myth. And I think this is a huge myth with introverts. You're
1: shy. There there are several things for me that wind me up, get conflated with introversion. One of them is social anxiety. So where actually you have an overwhelming fear of social situations. Now, not all introverts have social anxiety. And actually, some extroverts have social anxiety. Can you imagine what it's like being an extrovert who needs that social interaction in order to recharge their batteries and yet they have social anxiety, that is crippling. That is really crippling. So introversion and social anxiety, not the same thing. Introverts are also not people haters. We're not misanthropes, not the same thing. We're also not automatically depressed, not the same thing. So I really get wound up when those things get conflated. So let's be clear about you might be an introvert who also is depressed or who also has social anxiety. And I'm not one of those introverts who has a doormat that says you can fuck right off because actually that's the misanthrope type um, doormat. It's not a pure introvert doormat.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, we have our 1st F-bomb of the episode and it was the guest, not me. That is unusual. We're good. <laughs> no I completely agree you're right and they have all these problems with introverts it's like we're less than because we're introverted and it it drives me nuts it's like no so how did you come up with these six different ways what was it that made you
1: point those out or figure those through so I am a certified MBTI Myers-Briggs type practitioner And I know a lot of people poo poo Myers-Briggs, but for the introverts who've taken Myers-Briggs, that's often the first moment it was for me in my 30s when I read that little paragraph where I thought, somebody completely sees me, somebody understands me. So whilst it may not have the validity that some people want, there's something in there that's absolutely spot on. It didn't help me, ironically, because all it did was pointed out how I was different from the extroverts. So it gave me some clues as to how to behave in a more extroverted way so that I could fit in and get on. That led to burnout and is a nonsense. It's a stupid way of approaching things. So don't do that. But what I realized is that even when I was together with other introverts, we were all very different. So I thought there's got to be something more to this. And that's where those different, you know, digging a bit deeper into Myers-Briggs starts to give you some clues into how we are different, even as introverts. And over 2000 people now have taken that questionnaire and pretty much without exception, they've come back and said, nailed it, absolutely nailed it. And for people who say you can't put me in a box for me, anything like that, any type of self-assessment is what I call useful categorization. It's not confining me to a box. When I was doing the Myers-Briggs training, one of the people said to me, your type is not an excuse for your behaviour. And that stuck with me, actually. So yes, I may be an introvert, but provided I precharge, I can behave however I want. What I need to figure out is, am I compromising too much of me by behaving in that way and that's always my choice oh okay
0: no that was just a gem am I compromising too much of myself and I think that's a path the introverts because we get this thing of being people pleasers yeah and it's about more we're just trying to keep the peace around us because we want to recharge and if they're happy they leave us alone to recharge yeah. There's more was, But I love what you're saying about Myers Briggs. I actually did the Myers Briggs assessment and got INFJT. Right. Definitely. It's like introvert. I believe what is it, 16 categories that you can get into with the Myers Briggs. So that does lead into that six.
1: Yeah. And again, one of the gems that I got from the training on Myers Briggs is those 16 categories are like rooms in a house. One of them is my absolute favourite. It's got all my favourite things around me, My com- in my case as an introvert, my comfy chair, my side table with a glass of wine or whatever it happens to be, and my favourite book and the dog or the cat at my feet, you know, all that sort of stuff. Some of the other rooms are quite accessible to us. And then there are one or two that are up a deep, dark, steep, dusty passage somewhere that we've forgotten how to get to. But the real essence of this different typing is to understand myself so that I know how to flex in order to build better rapport with people not to copy not to pretend just to in the moment flex and then revert back to recharging where I'm best I love that the idea of the house that makes so much sense like some rooms are Adam's family-esque
0: like cobwebs are in there and yeah and then others, light,
1: airy, happy, perfect places that are simple to be in. I yeah. never thought of it that way. That For is... me, it makes absolute sense and gets people past this. You can't put me in a box. No, we're not trying to. We're really not trying to. You're just sitting in a room right now.
0: And later, you can go to this other room. Absolutely. If you want to go it's make all a cup of tea, go to the kitchen. If you want to go take a nap, go take a nap. You know. Exactly. That is amazing. I love that. Now... I was reading through some things and obviously I watched at TEDx. And I think one of the things that really spoke to me and I'd like to dive into this is the testing, how people are upon the spot to test to see if there'd be good fits for places, good fits for organizations, and this bias Mm -hmm. to go for the extroverted, the loud person. What would you say to that to help introverts? Because obviously we've just come through this huge ordeal and there's a lot of people looking for life changes. There's a lot of people looking to do things.
1: What would you say to introverts that are trying to overcome this bias? Gosh, that's a big question. I'll, I'll try and tackle it in a logical fashion if I can. So the first thing for me is as introverts, we need to own our introversion without shame. So you're right, there is nothing wrong with us as introverts. We're not broken in need of fixing. All we are is wired differently. We're not weird, we're wired differently. And the sooner that we can accept that and be cool with that, actually, the better. So in the past, when people would say to me, God, you're so quiet, aren't you? I'd probably have mumbled an apology and said, oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. But what I've learned to do over time is actually... Treat that as someone acknowledging one of my what you refer to as superpowers and what I refer to as any powers. See, for me, superpowers is like pants on over the tights, cape flowing behind us, and that doesn't suit me as an introvert. So, I refer to them as any powers, which I think Marty Laney Olson or someone like that came up with first, and I really like that. So, nowadays, when people say to me, Well, you don't say much, do you? I say thank you for noticing. One of my real gifts as an introvert is my ability to listen and to listen to more than what's being said. So I notice things. I notice the way people react and that enables me to contribute in a very different way. So thank you for noticing. Now, what a difference that makes rather than a mumble, I'm sorry. So I think the first thing is for us to absolutely own with pride our introversion and help people start to see that what they're missing actually by allowing the extroversion bias to continue
0: oh my gosh I do love that <laughs> the reason I call them superpowers is because when you look at superheroes they're super strong and that's what makes them them one of my hidden gifts or superpowers is the gift of observation yeah that I say you cannot get better than an introvert for observation and actually putting the puzzle pieces together for what is going on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's something about a being able to own our introversion and then to claim our strengths. So, you know, one of them might be listening. Yours one, you know, one of yours might be observation. There's also something for me about I'm usually very calm and measured. So in the melee that is the madness in many open plan offices, I have the ability to just calm and defuse situations, take the heat out of situations. Now let's face it, the world needs more of that right now, doesn't it? And also, I'm a very diligent researcher. So whereas some people will do a bit of skim reading and then can't be asked after that, you know, I will actually do the legwork, I'll find out what it is that needs to be explored, even if it means putting in extra time. So again, when I'm faced with feedback, say in an organisation from a boss or even from a loved one, because we know that happens too, that seems to imply that they're criticising us as introverts because we're not like the extroverts. That's when we need to play our trump card of, yeah, absolutely. And because I can do that, you benefit in this way. So rather than coaching introverts to be more extroverted in interviews, which is sadly something I've seen evidence of, we ought to be coaching introverts to nail their strengths and to be able to articulate them really positively. That will be the thing that will get you the next stage in the interview process. Okay, you just touched one
0: of my favorite things. (laughs) okay so it's the whole well no you just need to fake it you know just go put a show on it I just I want to tell these people to fuck off it's like go fuck yourself they're like that is not me but so many introverts fall into that trap where they do fake it they do put on this persona they create this secondary
1: person and it's soul destroying it is I did for nearly two decades because once I did my Myers-Briggs in my 30s as I say it highlighted for me how I was different from all my extroverted colleagues, because I'd been in the world of learning and development and training since 1987. And I very quickly realised that all the people who surrounded me were these big characters who were kind of performers on stage almost. And they had all of their participants, you know, laughing, having a great time. And I wasn't that type of trainer at all, because I was committed that people were taking away something that they could apply so I was a very pragmatic kind of trainer and for a couple of decades I tried to be I pretended to be more extroverted because having taken the Myers-Briggs I knew what the difference was now so it gave me the wrong kind of toolkit in a way and then what happened was I eventually hit introvert burnout so we know that there's a natural cascade from overwhelm through to introvert hangover, and then through into introvert burnout. And unless we're making, taking every opportunity to top up or recharge our batteries, every time we're overwhelmed, we hit hangover. And if we're not taking some serious time out, then we're on the slippery slope to burnout. So for me, it's really important that actually we do stop the pretense. And like you, I hate fake it till you make it. And I remember being really disappointed with that um, Amy, whatever it is, TED talk, where she says, puts your hand on your hip and, you know, and the fake stance stuff. Now, what I do believe in is we can act as if. So if I feel I need to be more confident, what I'm going to do is to use a bit of NLP stuff. Look around my peers and colleagues. Who are the people who act confident? How do they stand? How do they talk? How do they carry themselves? What kind of eye contact? Which, for women especially, which register of their voice do they use? Because it's really hard to sound confident if I'm speaking right up here. Whereas if I use my lower register, I have much more gravitas, much more presence. All of that is within my control. Now, to act as if means that I'm going to carry myself differently. I'm going to make eye contact differently. I'm going to speak differently. I'm going to make deliberate pauses and allow things to settle. Because in the same way, when we're happy, we smile. Psychologists now know that if we smile, we feel happier. So when I act as if I'm confident, all of a sudden I start to feel more confident. So acting as if, whole new ball game, it's more than semantics, it's genius.
0: Oh no, I agree with that whole, we want to make sure that, you know, we put ourselves in our best place. I am an NLP practitioner and coach. So I teach people and it's more about the perception. How are we putting ourselves out there? Not how are we changing ourselves? Yeah. We never want to change who you are at the core because you are you and you're the only you there is and the world needs you for a certain reason yeah the whole we want to make sure that things are calm and easy like you said one of the skills we have right now is being the calmness in the craziness that is the world
1: yeah and it seems like extroverts thrive on that craziness yeah, they need. So if we go back to the, as you know, the very basic definitions, and I go back to Jungian because I'm a Jungian at heart. Jung said that the difference between us is where we get our energy from and what drains our mental batteries. And introverts intro get their energy from within, Extraverts get their energy from outside. And so they need that hustle, bustle, melee. They're the ones who thrive in open plan offices who are probably really chomping at the bit to get back into the workplace. Whereas introverts are going, I quite like this working from home idea because if I'm operating in an introvert friendly household, I've got it taped. I'm, I'm enjoying not having to sit in commuter traffic for two hours every day or whatever it happens to be. So one of the things that does upset me slightly is there seems to be a thing about from introvert communities that extroverts are a real pain in the ass you know that they're horrible people they're they don't care they don't listen they 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 lots of criticism they're doing what they need to do to top their batteries up we're doing what we need to do all we need to do is help each other understand the difference and then value that difference rather than become divided we need to learn how to integrate okay you just hit a nail
0: on the head there extroverts have their own set of powers my belief is we've idolized the extrovert set of powers for a long time and ignored the introverts powers and what we need is if we want things, we want businesses to be successful. We want organizations, nonprofits, educational systems. If we want it to be successful, we have to take this extrovert here who has this superpower and this introvert here and team them up. I think using my superhero analogies, it used to be that the introvert was the sidekick. I think they need to be more partners. It's not a sidekick and a hero. They're both equal because they both bring different things to the table. And if we can use those two different things, we're going to have much smoother in a lot of things. We're going to have better education systems. We're going to have more effectively run businesses and all this kind of good stuff.
1: Absolutely. That for me is the essence of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It isn't about, well, it is, but it's more than about age and gender and race and, you know, sexuality and all that sort of stuff. It's about our neurodiversity it's about what makes us different what makes us think differently what makes us operate differently and when we really start to bring that into the workplace then we're really going to you know organizations that we think are successful now watch how they take off when they really start to value that because there are so many examples of fabulous introverted leaders and yet still many introverts are almost shamed into thinking they won't make the grade because they don't put themselves out there, they don't push themselves forward. And I think it's those years and decades of being told we're not enough that eventually takes its toll and has us believe we're not enough. And actually, it's about getting rid of that because that's just tosh and saying, oh, absolutely, we are good enough. Now let's access those strengths and let's really show the world what we're capable of absolutely it's about calling everyone on their bullshit
0: yeah it's like okay you're now saying you're not enough why no that makes you enough because you can do that absolutely
1: Absolutely.
0: and it goes for both sides of the coin now we've talked about corporations if you had to give one piece of advice
1: to any company what would it be the one thing i would say is Open your eyes and notice where the bias exists, because it exists in pretty much every practice and process that you've come to consider to be the norm now. I mean, I'm old enough. When I started work, the extrovert ideal was not famed. It was not the thing we were after. We were still working in relatively quiet offices. We were still expected to respect those around us. But somewhere around the 70s, 80s, we then got into extroversion being the norm or being the ideal that we all looked up to. So in the same way that everything is cyclical, I think what organisations need to do is recognise that they are being held back in many ways by clinging on to that ideal. And actually, they will be more successful if they notice where the bias, bias is and actually make sure that they diminish or eradicate it. You're right. We did have a big shift. There was a huge shift where we went from these very organized,
0: oddly workflows to, well, who can be the most pragmatic leader? Who can get the charges to run? And we shifted to that. And it was probably in that power decade, like you were saying, the 70s, 80s, where it was the shoulder pads and let's see who can be the biggest, baddest bitch out there. Yeah and now we're coming more into a spiritual age i feel a lot more people are starting to realize their spiritual leanings they're starting to be more zen more meditative more relaxed and i think that's going to cause another cyclical you know, shift where we have the introverts come alive because they are already in that place and that's a natural base for them so what advice are you going to give to an introvert? to help
1: them navigate this world? Again, great question. It's no surprise, really, the number of introverts who are also empaths. I happen to have a belief, and I've never tested this out, and I'm sure extroverts would love to shoot me down on this. I believe introverts typically have a higher level of emotional intelligence. Because we are more self-aware, quite typically, And because we have that higher level of emotional intelligence, we understand the impact of our behavior on other people. So if there was one piece of advice, I think it would be to really show up with that emotional intelligence because we know it's not all about IQ. We know much more of it is around EQ. So really allow yourself to demonstrate your EQ and use it To, if necessary, call people on their bullshit, but also to take people along the journey with us. So rather than that divide that I've started to notice, use your amazing talents and skills to educate people so that the divide reduces and that we create that more inclusive society and culture in a business.
0: Yeah, you're right. We need both sides in order to make everything come together because we need the IQ and we need the EQ. And without both of those, wouldn't, well, one, the world's gonna be pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine if everyone was introverted or everyone was extroverted?
1: <laughs> yeah, it'd be a nightmare, be a nightmare. It would be one of those, um, one of those American kind of movies, wouldn't it? Where what what was the one where everyone in the in the estate looked the same? The housewives the Stepford Wives. Yeah, wouldn't it? So yeah, that's not the ideal we're looking for here at all. Oh, I actually find it really funny that you brought up the Stepford Wives because a decade ago,
0: I was a blogger. And my whole thing was about how to be a Stepford Wife because I felt like I had to be this perfect mom and this perfect person in order to fame because I wasn't willing to accept my introvertedness because everyone was telling me, no, you're just a wallflower, No, you're just shy. No, that's not right. So I did this whole thing where I tried to take on the Stepford persona. And I think a lot of introverts do attempt to take on these personas. Yeah. Because we have this feeling of having to fit in. I'm going to take you back to something you said earlier. And this was about the introvert over, you know, hangover and then the introvert yeah. burnout and how we have to recharge. One of the things I think may be an issue with introverts, and this is just a personal theory, is... We are so focused on trying to push forward that we don't always recognize that burnout, that hangover. What signs would you say, okay, this is what you need to watch for. This is what you need to do. How would you explain that to someone who maybe doesn't, they're just trying to push through?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of pushing through anymore. I used to be. Um, I'm of the age, you know, again, where it was the kind of shoulder pads and the long hours and all that sort of stuff. But actually I've recognised that unless I'm doing things, simple things like time blocking to use my time when I'm at my best, when I'm at my most focused to do say my creative work. And then the time where I'm actually starting to fade a bit to do some of the gutty, boring stuff. So there's something about A, recognizing my natural rhythm, my natural, whether it's circadian, whatever it happens to be, but my natural rhythm, so that I know when I'm at my best, and typically when I'm not so good. And then wherever possible, I think it's about scheduling things to suit my calendar, to suit my energy cycle, not to suit other people's. And if that's out of my control, Then what I need to do is be fully aware of what's coming up and if there's a big meeting in an afternoon where I know typically I'm not at my best I need to do stuff to pre-charge before that meeting. I have a range of techniques I refer to as my brilliant battery boosters and you know the little extra charge you get with your phone that will give you an extra hour of juice I consider my brilliant battery boosters to be like that. They are very simple, quick techniques that I can do in front of other people if I have to, or I can take myself away, that just give me that extra hour of juice and just give me what I need so that I'm not completely depleted by the time I get home. Because otherwise, those that we live with and and potentially love are the ones who see the worst of us. They're the ones who see us wrung out at the end of every day and neither party deserve that to be the case so whether it's something like using an appropriate essential oil so we know lavender's great for calming but lemon and lime are great for stimulation so they can a little bit on a tissue or you know i've always got a, a little bottle with me that i'll just kind of dab somewhere or acupressure points like the one between you know the third eye one here or this one here just on the top lip again really good for focus Crystals, if you're a believer in that, you'll be surprised how many people have a little crystal chip tucked down their bra in their pocket around their neck. Yeah, wherever it happens to be. Walking. So if you can't get outside and walk because that's literally moving the energy just up and down stairs. You know, there are so many different things you can do that will actually just keep you topped up because I've got into the habit of monitoring my own mental battery A bit like I do my phone battery. It's like, how many bars have I got left? Have I got enough bars to see me through to the end of the day to a full recharge? No, I need to do a bit of a top up charge now then. So I encourage people to really tune in to the times of day when their batteries are depleting, the types of activities that deplete their batteries, the people, because let's face it, some of them are dementors. You know, they suck the very life out of your face, don't they? So, you know, really tune in to who those people are, what those situations are, what those activities are, so that we know where we get time to do a quick top up to have us be at our best for those situations.
0: Okay, I love the Harry Potter reference. I caught it. (laughs) We could write. We have to monitor our own batteries just like we do our phones because if your phone gets down to 2%, what happens? You start to panic. It's like, oh my gosh, my phone, my phone, my phone. You've got to do that for yourself. Yeah. My loves, this has been Joanna Robbo. And like I said, I am going to put her TEDx talk in the show notes so you can all go and check that out. It was enlightening. How else can everyone find you,
1: Joanna? Pretty much everything is at flourishingintroverts.com. You'll find my occasional musings, my podcast, the TEDx, any courses or resources that I've got going on and the quiz. So your introvert type quiz can be accessed there and it's for free. So anyone can take the quiz and find out what type of introvert they are. So it's all in that one place, flourishingintroverts.com. That is fantastic. So I'm going to encourage all my listeners
0: to go check out Joanna. Check out the quiz. I'm actually going to check out that quiz myself because I have a feeling of which one I am. Just any feeling. I'm curious. And this has been a great chat. I just love some of your insights. I love the fact that you're based on the bias. It's like, yeah. how can we resolve it? It's not like, oh my gosh, so we're better than you and you're not as good as that. It's What can we do to come together? Yeah. and that organizational thought again is another superpower of an introvert because we tend to look at both sides of the point in order to play well, devil's advocate so I really appreciate you sharing these thoughts and musings with us today and I'm so grateful that you came onto the podcast
1: thanks I really enjoyed it fabulous conversation
0: <laughs> if you have questions please pop them on the different social medias reach out to joanna she's there if you have a question and i'm sure i'll find her and i'll tag her because that's just what we do i want to know what is the biggest takeaway that you took from today but one thing just clicked and made you go oh my gosh i can't believe it mine was the rooms that was my biggest takeaway because i've never thought about it as a house before and that just made so much sense So please, I want you to put down in the comments, what was your biggest takeaway? What was the one thing that clicked? What resonated with you? Because the more we find out what resonates with each other, the more we can help each other grow and develop into that stronger, more powerful introvert that you are and just fill our toolbox. So thank you so much, Joanna. Fabulous, thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Introvert's Toolbox. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And you know what? I want to know. What is one thing you learned today? Is there something that you're gonna take and use in your life or your business? Let me know below.